0: Good
1: morning Rutherford County. And outside of the rain and, and the cold wind, it's absolutely gorgeous outside today. And you know I was if you can I, if you can overlook the temperature and the and, yeah, the, and the dampness, yeah.
3: it's a very pleasant day.
1: Now, I had a message from one of the brightest ladies I've ever known, and she wanted you to mention something this morning. She didn't want me to mention it because I'm not bright enough to carry it on further, but you you have that special ability to uh, relate back.
3: What are you talking about?
1: You know exactly what <laughs> I'm talking about. The the, the ge- showers. The, yeah, the, the showers. The, yeah, yeah, the the meteor showers that everybody was sitting out there with their telescopes looking up. Oh, you don't need a telescope. Yeah. Uh,
3: last night. I we? needed one. Last night, I think was supposed to be the peak of the. Janiad. Yeah yeah well meteor shower an annual event in early December and the weather didn't cooperate but the night before it was beautiful and in 15 minutes I saw six what we used to call shooting stars and my wife stayed out a little bit longer can I tell
1: the radio station something cut off all this other stuff we're already on the air is anybody listening? do you hear anything? I hear I him hear singing about yours truly, which I don't mind listening to that, you know. You mean we're going to start don't over?
0: I, don't, I I bet you we're on the air, though. I am going to uh,
1: repeat what I asked you. Oh, you don't need to do that. I don't. No,
3: we were talking about uh, meteor showers, shooting stars. Yeah. Last night was the peak of an annual event, uh, a shower, which is occasioned by the earth passing through the comet, a comet tail, Mm -hmm. if I remember right. And those who enjoy stargazing watch for a clear night, probably Mm -hmm. tonight if it clears off. But Saturday night was real good. I'm not uh, real skilled at watching for them, but I saw six of them in about 15 Mm -hmm. minutes.
1: Did you did you put a name for each one of them that you were watching? Well, I numbered them. You you did. <laughs> <laughs> I did number. them.
3: Numbers uh, 2 and 6 were straight in my view. Yeah. Uh, but you got to watch peripherally because of course it could be anywhere in the sky.
1: So peripherally. Yeah. You mean from left to right or right to left? I mean when you played basketball
3: <laughs> and you watched the guy guarding you. It,
1: yeah. uh, Well, you're not really watching the guy that's guarding you. You're watching the ones that are coming up Uh, around you. Well, I'm watching where I'm going,
3: but you have to be conscious of who's where to your extreme sides, and that's what's called peripheral vision.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Uh, Yeah, okay.
3: (laughs) Use that somewhere else today.
1: Yeah, but I'm so uh, amazed at how much your sweet wife Counts on you to be able to relate all of these complicated issues She doesn't trust people like me to be able to explain it in a way that people can understand Yeah <laughs> Oh isn't life great Yeah
3: and uh, see how agreeable I am this now, morning
1: yeah, There are so many things going on right now uh, you know the scientific thing that goes on in in the heavens and and stuff like that. But I am constantly amazed at the thing that happened November the 22nd in 1963 that uh, changed uh, the world. You might say when uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. And all the things that happened afterwards and before uh, as far as the the, the uh, historical value of it. Because um, the Warren uh, report and, and the information that it gathered during that time, it will be coming up um, probably in the next uh, six or seven years, I think that is. And I'm sorry that I... I'm going to try to stay alive long enough to see that report because I have been fascinated by all the happenings politically before and after
3: well what you we of course got the warren commission report which said what they wanted it to say yeah what you're talking about are the files that were gathered in the actual testimony and
1: and they are evidence. endless yes
3: and that was put under seal for what six sixty years or something like that
1: i was thinking in seventy but it i may be 70, wrong yeah, yeah. sixty three
3: seventy would get it out yeah sixty
1: seventy uh, of course, Hollywood will will make a, a mess of it because they'll be all over the place with it. it it's Amen. rare that you get anything that's accurate when it comes out of that particular location. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, let's see. We doesn't relate specifically to Rutherford County, but we did lose a couple of, I'd say, celebrities over the last week or so. I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll see many memorials to... Charlie Pryde. Oh
1: yeah, great entertainer, great singer.
3: Yeah, uh, really an exceptional voice and a very interesting history. I mean, he was a pro baseball player for a mm-hmm. while. He has a military background, very very interesting, and uh, it's a loss, but uh, he managed to hang in there 86 years, and I think his death is being attributed to the virus.
1: Oh really? Or at
3: least, yeah, a complicating uh, factor. Uh, Because he was under treatment since sometime in late November uh, for the virus. The other one that uh, I'm sure many would overlook is uh, he was for a while the fastest man alive. Fastest man in history, having traveled faster than anyone else ever had. Mm -hmm. A fellow named Chuck Yeager. Remember when Chuck Yeager was our national hero? Yeah, I do. He flew the first rocket plane the bell x-1 mm-hmm. and uh he was the first man and and he did always have that distinction first man to break the sound barrier uh flew over 700 miles an hour in the in the rocket plane uh and he was when after he did that the fastest man to have ever lived but uh one of his buddies not too long after that, flew the X-15. Remember the X-15? Yeah. And uh, I think he was breaking 1,000 miles per hour. So Jaeger didn't hold that title very long, but he's remembered as the first man who uh, broke the sound barrier, which made me wonder when a pilot, we ought to ask one of our uh, veteran pilots.
1: That's uh, J.D. Yeah, there's J.D. Several. Kennedy.
3: When you break the sound barrier, does the pilot hear it? Or is it only a sound that is felt on the ground?
1: Well, actually, I can remember hearing it. When you were in the plane? No, no. On outside, the on the ground. Yeah, and I know And I'd, it would actually shake the ground when he right, went by.
3: Right. Uh, a little bit behind the plane. Yeah. And uh, so I just wondered... Do they feel it and hear it like those of us on the ground do? Somebody can call in and explain all that
1: to us. Um, you know, J.D., uh, we were talking about that a little bit this morning. And um, I guarantee you they have to feel it. I, I don't see how they couldn't. Uh, of course, as you say, is the sound is back behind them.
3: Yeah, but,
1: I, but but they have to because I mean you you think as high as they are in the air. Yeah,
3: be careful! You're outside your uh, your uh, civil classification there.
1: Now what are you saying? <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah, well, they have to feel Put it. Put the host down. Put the host down. You love it, don't you?
3: Uh well, no. I just get comments from our listeners that they they uh, enjoy the the give and take between us
1: yeah I'm the one that takes and you're the one that gives I'm the guest
3: (laughs) I'm the guest Uh, let's see we talked recently let me bring people up to speed about uh, the restoration we're trying to begin of a grave of one of our revolutionary heroes Thomas Mm. Blanton I forget what we talked about last week but some information that uh, we have developed very interesting uh, Blanton is buried in between two other graves mm-hmm. We talk about that
1: yeah and, did
3: and how they go about determining uh, I don't know whether we can do anything more than know the graves are there because uh, there's no way to know who's in those graves for sure mm-hmm. but tradition suggests the one to the right is his wife and uh, uh, I hope when we complete the restoration we can add a text that discusses Priscilla and her her grave as well as uh, any other information we can develop, but uh, it's an interesting project.
1: You know, when you talk about names on graves, is it is it um, pretty much a, 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 a thing as far as Keeping a, um, a historical, you might say, um, following of when when you own a when you own a large farm, like you do, and w- when you're buried on that farm, uh, it, it's very important for people to have those names on. I was talking to a friend of mine last um, Friday. And she, uh, her family is buried over in um, in Bedford County, and they have the uh, the area on their monument where they can put most of the family names that are on there as they come and go, buried in that buried in that particular area. And I don't know if everybody's like me or not, but, but it fascinates me to see the family names, and it gives you a historical value of that particular family. Well,
3: that's where genealogical research, I mean, that's the primary place to begin. Yeah. Because you confirm that someone did live, mm-hmm. and the time is almost always there, you know, their birth, their death. So. Yeah. View, uh, that's that's the way we begin a lot of research in uh, uh, local activity and genealogy, mm-hmm. and such as that. I would encourage, though, uh, family cemeteries, unfortunately, disappear. And uh, if someone is uh, entrusted with keeping up with it or just interested mm-hmm. in keeping up with the, the family, uh, you need to go into the cemetery and document uh, in text every uh... everything you can still read and determine if it hasn't been done before mm-hmm. and today you can put that uh, into the cyber world or the cloud or whatever we call it and it's pretty much there forever uh... also we can put it into uh... volumes and uh... also uh, you know, preserve it for posterity. Uh, We're fortunate that back in the 70s, several involved with the historic society and and teachers and such made it a project to locate every family cemetery they could in the county. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a volume uh, which finally was put together, I think, in the early 2000s that we can go to. And yes, it's not complete and it's not perfect, but it gives us a good beginning of you know where the cemeteries are. It's indexed by name, and uh, what information was available then. And uh, that's part of the way that we were able to determine what was on Thomas Blanton's tombstone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it confirms or says, you know, Revolutionary War uh, veteran and such at the time. Uh, as we're trying to reconstruct it, much of that's disappeared now. Uh, from the parts that were lost, broken. Uh, but we know from our volume, uh, the book that was put together back then, mm-hmm. we know what it said. So hopefully we can restore that for at least its historic value.
1: How long have you been with the Historical Association?
3: 07, uh, maybe.
2: Something mm, like that. I, I that really I became
3: active. I think I was on the mailing list and enjoying their p- publications. But as far as being active as an officer, it was about 0708. EC yeah. e. Talbert convinced me that I should be an Dr. officer. Doctor Talbert. Yeah, and I can remember walking out of one meeting early on and said, "Doctor Talbert, I'll get even."
1: Well, I'm glad he he, he suggested that because. You have taken it to another level. Does it ever bother you that we are growing so fast here in in Rutherford County that uh, names aren't brought up as easily as it was through all the history? You know, we've we've been a fairly small community up until the last, uh, I guess, 25 years. I mean, it's just absolutely exploded and it, it makes me wonder, do we value those things as much as we used to? It seems like everything goes by in a, in a heartbeat, and uh, nobody seems to uh, pay that much attention anymore.
3: Well, the interest in local history is relatively new as a, what would you say, general public interest. Yeah. Uh, there have always been those who work to preserve it and learn it, uh one reason we have things we can go back to uh but I can remember in about 2010 discussing with my wife the uh uh possibility of writing a column in the paper mm-hmm. and we predicted then that uh, the, there's a rising tide of interest in uh and uh, it certainly it proved to be the case back 10 years ago yeah now, an awful lot of new people come into the area in the last 10 years, but a number of them, and they approach me from time to time, contact me, that they want to learn about their new home and their new community. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the, the uh, many people who can trace their families back through Rutherford County 100, 200 years uh, are a very strong part of the uh, the community that continues the focus on our history and trying mm-hmm. to preserve it. And then, unfortunately, as we mentioned last week, there are those who have an agenda and uh, attempt, to, and this is true all over the country and has been probably forever, but they try to revise or condition the way it's interpreted in order to further a, a current interest. Yeah, I find that offensive, but, you know, it goes... I've on several points of our local history. Uh, stories that supposedly relate 220 years ago were fabricated in the 1930s, mm-hmm. some that I had traced particularly, <coughs> uh, which was a time when some of the families began to be concerned about, you know, how the history was interpreted and such. So, uh, But the history is there. It doesn't change. But our uh, knowledge of it and our use of it Apparently swings with you know different uh, social trends or what's going on at the time.
1: I think it's dangerous, don't you? Because it, in a lot of ways, it it, it separates people. I mean, uh, I can remember when we were all, everybody seemed to be the same, and we we just uh, loved all of those people around us. And then sometimes uh, people either. Uh, I, they don't understand what the the final uh, verdict is going to be as far as the relationships are concerned when they go in and start start driving a wedge in between different groups and and I just I really don't like that. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, they can have their own feelings, but when you start utilizing something like that to for a negative end it, it really is it, it's a major problem that's going on in our country well
3: yeah not necessarily for a negative end from their point of view no in some cases it's uh, you know a group trying to gain some advantage uh... in using the their interpretation of the of the history uh... we were talking about what's on the tombstone let me share a very unusual epitaph Mm -hmm. uh, that was on a tombstone. Uh, The stone has been, actually is not a stone, it was done on a wood Mm -hmm. uh, monument. Uh, But it relates indirectly with Rutherford County because it's the family of James K. Polk. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
3: James K. Polk, of course, was more uh, related to Columbia uh, than Murfreesboro, but we do know from literature No, we do know from correspondence Mm -hmm. that had been preserved that James K. Polk came to Rutherford County for his secondary education, uh, what we today call high school. Mm -hmm. Back in those days, they called it college. Uh, But we know the dates that he was was attending school in Murfreesboro. But apparently, knowing the dates... We assumed that uh, he went to Bradley Academy, because we know Bradley Academy was moved to Murfreesboro in about 1814, which is right when we know he was being educated here. So if you read um, a number of the histories of Rutherford County, you'll see a reference to James K. Polk attending Bradley Academy in Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. Um, but Today, I think that probably was a speculation. It may be correct. It may not be. And the reason I say it may not be is because we've got an authority that says different. If you look at the history in the Tennessee Blue Book, which lately has been yellow and orange, but it's the Tennessee Blue Book, it's called. Uh, And there's a section in there on each of our former governors, James K. Polk was a Tennessee governor before he was a president. Uh, It says there that he attended uh, his secondary education at Murfreesboro College Hmm. in Murfreesboro. (coughs) There was a Murfreesboro College, excuse me, (coughs) from the beginning, uh, as evidenced by a college street. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of the communities created in Tennessee during that time period, early 1800s, There will be a college street named after the first high school equivalent, usually a private uh, school, and uh, we have a college street, and that's where somewhere along there was Murfreesboro College.
1: Are you saying that was a high school?
3: It was the equivalent of that level of education. Kind of
1: like Vanderbilt?
3: Yeah, it's a little like that. Uh, We know that Polk left here and continued his education back in uh, North Carolina and did get actually what we would call a university degree uh, as well. So we don't know for sure where he attended school in Murfreesboro but we know he was in Murfreesboro and subsequently married a Murfreesboro girl.
0: I'll only take a break and I'll clear my throat. Let's do. All right, we'll be right back with you. NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM one hundred point five and one hundred and one point nine, AM fourteen fifty, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
1: It's a Slick Pig Barbecue. Spicy wings and Brunswick stew. Everything made fresh for you at the Slick Pig Barbecue.
3: There's lean smoked turkey and chicken, too. Ribs so tender don't need to chew. Well, come on, folks, I'm telling you. It's a Slick Pig Barbecue. In
2: 1920 East Maine, you're going to love the pig. The Slick Pig Barbecue a Murfreesboro tradition. Hey, fellas, I want to encourage you to take care of your health. It's easier than you think at Low T Center. They're reinventing the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. They offer a comprehensive health assessment so you know all the numbers important to your health. If you've been tired, grumpy, have lack of motivation and drive, or if you've noticed weight gain or loss of muscle mass, those could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center will help you determine the cause of your symptoms and will help you get back to feeling your best. It all starts with their quick and easy health assessment and is covered by most health insurance. Low T Center is concierge medicine exclusively for men, and now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety, including a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. Self-inject at-home treatments are just 135 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. Schedule your health assessment now at LowTeCenter.com. LowT Center, reinventing men's health care. We at Fair Construction offer a 24-hour emergency service. Whether your shingles are blown off your roof, you have a tree on your roof, or if your whole house flooded, we offer a 24-hour emergency service. That's why it's important to shop local. They're your neighbors, and they take care of you. We're family here at Fair Construction. We care about you. This is Ron hall with fair construction call 615-893-6120 that's fair construction company
0: have you been hoping to win thousand dollars a day every day for the rest of your life with the added excitement of a chance to win instantly well with cash for life with quick cash today could be your lucky day give it a try Simply add Quick Cash to your next Cash for Life purchase for a chance to win instantly. But wait, there's more. Then watch the nightly Cash for Life drawing to see if you win $1,000 a day or week for life. Cash for Life with Quick Cash, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
2: Somewhere out there, a math teacher's school loans were forgiven, allowing her to focus on paying it forward, not back. Somewhere out there, a parent is breathing easier, their child's college education will cost a little less somewhere out there i the hope scholarship just helped a student open the door to a brighter future and they all have players like you to thank for the five and a half billion dollars raised for education because every time someone plays the tennessee lottery education wins the tennessee education lottery game-changing life-changing fun
0: now an update from the wgnsradio.com news center I'm Ron Jordan. The Rutherford
4: County School community mourning the loss of longtime teacher David Picklesheimer, who died Sunday. Pickelsheimer taught digital arts and design honors and died from complications associated with COVID-19. Rutherford County Schools released a statement calling him a respected teacher who touched many lives in his career. A two-day undercover operation by special agents with the TBI Human Trafficking Unit and Task Force, the Chattanooga Police Department and Homeland Security, has resulted in the arrest of 14 men accused of seeking illicit sex from minors. Over a two-day period beginning December 9th as part of an undercover sting aimed at addressing human trafficking in East Tennessee, authorities placed several decoy advertisements in websites known to be linked to prostitution and commercial sex cases. Focus of the operation was to identify individuals seeking to engage in commercial sex acts with minors. The Greater Nashville Regional Council announced the recipients of its 2020 Local Government Awards, which honor excellence in public service across Middle Tennessee. The town of Smyrna was recognized for excellence in economic development and recreation and youth engagement. Each year, the council honors its members and partners with two types of awards, Grand Awards named after influential leaders throughout the council's history, are presented to individuals or organizations for demonstrated leadership on a regional scale. The Excellence in Local Government Awards recognize county governments and municipalities for projects or initiatives that serve as a model for peers across the region. And Smyrna residents donated more than 42,000 non-perishable items in the annual Christmas Food Drive to Benefit Nourish Food Bank, while Smyrna Fire Department collected more than 59,000 items in their 19th annual Firefighters for Food Drive.
0: I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on-demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS.
1: At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work or saving for the future, let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.
2: Bud's Tire Pros makes buying tires simpler so you can get back to when being on the move was carefree. For a limited time, get up to a $120 reward card after submission when you bundle at least two new qualifying Michelin or BF Goodrich passenger or light truck tires, as well as select Michelin motorcycle, scooter, and bicycle tires. Or get a $120 reward card per purchase of four new Michelin Cross Climate two tires. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. Find out more at budstireprostn.com. See store for complete details. Offers valid from November 18th, 2020 through December 9, 2020. Voidware prohibited. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies will become mostly sunny this afternoon with a high into the mid 40s. Winds out of the north around 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 20. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on news radio WGNS. Currently, it's 30. Premier Six
4: Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes.
0: for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
1: And welcome back with Greg Tucker.
3: We were working up towards an epitaph that uh, is amusing and also very uh, enlightening as to the time period. Uh, And the connection with James K. Polk is that it's his great, no, his grandfather uh... who wrote his own epitaph and had it engraved actually carved because he insisted on a wooden headstone mm-hmm. uh... his grandfather was E.P. uh... goes by E.P. uh... Ezekiel Polk uh... Had, used the title Colonel Ezekiel Polk and we're talking about a time period and I remember James K. Polk was president in, what, 1840s? So his grandfather would have been uh, buried maybe 25, 30, 40 years before. Uh, from the context, though, I would put it in the 2018 period, about the time Murfreesboro was being formed. Mm-hmm. And uh, he insisted that his tomb be made of wood, and uh, <laughs> partly because he didn't think it was suitable stone available. Uh, but I think it was probably because he wanted a long epitaph, which I'm going to share with you. Uh, and it would have been a whole lot more difficult to get it etched in stone than to get it carved on, on wood. Uh, the cemetery that he was in, or the burial grounds, was uh, over in Murray County, hmm. uh, where where he lived, where he died. But he wrote, and he composed it himself, and apparently had it written up before he died so he could be sure of it but he says on his tombstone quote here lies the dust of old EP one instance of mortality he also was a poet on it right? yeah obviously Pennsylvania born Carolina bred in Tennessee died on his bed his youthful years he spent in pleasure his later years in gathering treasure from superstition lived quite free and practiced strict morality to holy cheats was never willing to give one solitary shilling. Hmm. He can foresee and foreseeing he equals most in being that church and state will join their power and misery on this country shower and Methodist with their camp bawling will be the cause of this downfalling. An era not destined to see it waits for poor posterity. First fruits and tents are odious things. So are bishops, priests,
1: and kings.
3: Very controversial
1: i would think in that particular day
3: it reflects a period of uh, struggle between protestant uh, groups mm-hmm. in murfreesboro it's quite evident uh... you know we started off uh... church street had one small what if, if, today we would go back and look at it as a early baptist uh... congregation mm-hmm. uh... but in about uh... eighteen ten eighteen twenty in that time period the Presbyterians were here as a hierarchical church, which probably even could tie itself back to the Church of England or some of those, mm-hmm. and the Baptists, which was the common man's uh, uh, religion or uh, Protestant uh, group at the time. Uh, but there was this uh, couple of guys, Charles and John Wesley, came through here, followed by others, mm-hmm. and started organizing camp meetings. And they were very emotional, a lot of loud uh, singing and carrying on. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently, old E.P. found that offensive, and he would have been one of many. Uh, Religion was to be more of a sober thing, and these Methodists just were much too emotional. And that's what he's reflecting here in in his uh, epitaph. Apparently, it was an important enough uh, issue with him at the time me, to be part of what he left uh, for posterity. And he is warning about uh, church and state joining and uh, you know, our U.S. Mm-hmm. Constitution specifically addressed that. Thomas Jefferson uh, was very concerned about the separation of church and state. And uh, uh, one of the more subtle points is where he says in his epitaph here, uh, tense T E N T H S hard to say, mm-hmm. uh, tithing we call it. Yeah, which was a Methodist uh, uh, policy, tithing. Uh, he says are odious things, and then goes on to speak of bishops, priests, and kings, putting the bishops because uh, the Methodist Church does have some hierarchy with bishops, even today. Uh, and you ask uh, during the break, what? Ha- where is the uh, marker was destroyed and part of the reason it was destroyed was when Polk was running for president the line in references to the Methodist was used by his opponents uh, against him mm-hmm. and uh, trying to, to and probably did uh, aggravate the Methodists of the period interesting that uh, you know two decades later the Methodists are mainstream and there's this uh, another group that uh, and we've got, in one of my books, I quoted a few letters where the, uh, some of the local population are very concerned about the uh, proselytizing and successful uh, recruitment of new members for what John Spence in his history book calls a sect, S-E-C-T, mm-hmm. uh, which generally means one man or a group or drawing people in uh and usually yeah, they're theological differences, uh, and he's talking about the Camelites. So you know, 20 years after the Methodists were the concern, the Camelites, which became the Church of Christ, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, were getting a similar reaction. We've got some letters where a wife writing to her husband, who's off in Texas somewhere, is enumerating those that we have lost to this new sect that's come mm-hmm. in. And then, uh, you know, by the, by the Civil War period, that's mainstream. And we see others since then. Uh, but interesting, you can see how the epitaph of one man provides us some insight into the, what would you say, the thinking of the period, and things that were of concern to him. And he probably was a very educated individual, just judging by his, what he left as a message to the rest of us.
1: But you could also put yourself in that particular era uh, uh, of the history of, of of this particular part of the country. It um, it was extremely controversial, and if you were to utilize something like that now, uh, you would have all kinds of people in the social media <coughs> attacking whatever uh, uh, a lot of the things that he said. And you think of someone political, who was running for the, the biggest office in our country, you, would, you would think he would stay away from that a little bit.
3: Well, there was no denying it was his grandfather. Yeah. And uh, that's a little bit of a reach to use your grandfather's attitudes against the grandson. But yeah. uh, in politics today, no holds barred. Apparently it wasn't too different back then.
1: Yeah. Now, well, thinking about that, it's very difficult for anyone to leave a, a eulogy for yourself. I, I think it could be uh, put in a, a lot of different categories w- when you do that. So um, my thought is I, I, partic- I, I don't want anything that calls attention to me uh-huh. when I'm going. I, I, I just want a very simple you know, name. And uh, uh, that, that would be pretty if, – if I was going to write something very nice for my monument, it would be all for Jackie. It wouldn't be for me whatsoever because I, I, I like to evade those type of things.
3: Well, equivalency, he used wood because it was cheaper to put uh, – probably much easier to put a lengthy epitaph. Yeah. Uh, today, you'll need to use plastic.
1: Plastic.
3: Well, yeah. If you want a long, uh, inexpensive epitaph, you ought to do it in plastic, and uh, then it'll it'll be there until somebody decides to take it down.
1: But that's that's uh, when they take it down, they're going to throw it in the ocean and destroy all the animals out there and everything like that. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. No, <laughs> it's a whole lot larger than a straw, I can tell you. Oh yeah, plastic straw. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. Got, I got yeah. I
3: got you. Have Have you thought about yours? No. You, Why should I?
1: Well, you're, you're going to have, are you even going to do something like that? Now, I know you would. You will put the no, names no, of no, everybody. No,
3: no, no. I think it's better to put it in the library. And somehow those library things end up online, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't do that. Others do that. In fact, I've been it's uh, fun to every once in a while to see a a letter or an email or even a phone call from someone that says, "I read something that you did online." Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever done anything online, but somebody is putting, uh, picking stuff up and putting it online, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess is complimentary. But probably they've got their own agenda.
1: And as a historian, do you feel comfortable with online type things? No. Social media just, to me, is, is a negative no, way at, of co- of uh, yeah. communicating. Not at all.
3: Uh, that's why I, had, you know, I don't have a blog or uh, anything like that. Uh, but I, you remind me of one uh, communication I got from a young lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that because of her name and the fact that she was uh, a graduate student at UT, University mm-hmm. of Tennessee.
1: Which which beat uh, Vanderbilt this last Saturday in football.
3: Yeah, that, <coughs> at least some things are consistent. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you distract yes. me, that game will go down in history not because of the score, mm-hmm. but because it was the first time a woman in the SEC at least uh, scored a point in a game.
1: You know, that has been so driven, and it, to me is ridiculous.
3: <laughs> well, that's what point she, she I'm got to,
1: She got to do the, 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 the uh, point after the uh, uh, touchdown. Right. But they put somebody else, a guy in there, to yeah. actually do the field goal kicking. Yeah, yeah. I now, mean, it it, would you say that that's done just simply to get attention?
3: No, I'd say that just so they can claim we made history. <laughs> And they did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, made history. Only,
1: v- only Vanderbilt would do something yeah, like that. That's, well, uh, and then they fire their poor coach, who has yeah. is, who, who is really uh, uh, been a pretty good coach. They lost a lot of games. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Vanderbilt. <clears throat> I mean, what yeah. can you expect? What were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> you, I am so sorry. <laughs> in in two In two different ways. <laughs>
3: Oh, the young lady at uh, the graduate student at the University of Tennessee, which had traditionally defeated Vanderbilt in a football game.
0: yeah
1: um, uh,
3: Excuse me yes uh, she she communicated with me and said, "Are you concerned that some of your writing is being used for purposes, you know persuasion mm-hmm. or whatever?" And, and I said, "No, I'm flattered that it's used for anything." Uh, but uh, I don't write or report based upon trying to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. You know what I find and what I believe to be accurate, I'll, I am glad to put out or to put into the media, whatever. Uh, and she seemed satisfied with that. Uh, and in fact, I have used the same point a couple of times since mm-hmm. then. But. Uh, uh, I hope it's, you know, people who reproduce. I've actually been handed a handbill with one of my columns on it a couple of times. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm flattered that it's being used at all, and I hope they're using it consistent with, you know, what uh, what I'm trying to convey.
1: I know people uh, respect your writings, and uh, they know that you put a lot of research in them to make sure that they're accurate, and I wish...
3: Well, one step beyond the, what's on the tombstone is the obituary. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times errors are made in obituaries, but uh, once you have the date of the death, you can go to media, particularly for the last hundred years at least, you can go to the media mm-hmm. and find an obituary, which will usually confirm uh, family connections. Uh, and also at times reflect family strife because I know of one family where the, the obituary for the father omits the son who bears the same name uh... you know as a junior or something mm-hmm. and you know that clearly indicates that there was some strife there which uh... if you're studying your own genealogy is information that's that's useful uh... but I was looking back at some of the uh... names in the obituaries uh, just recently, the name Donald, pronounced frequently Donnell. Yeah. And obviously something I follow because I live in Donald's chapel community. Donnell. Okay, we'll use Donnell right now because I Good. believe this individual who was a bank president uh, used it. R.E. Donnell. The headline I picked up was R.E. Donnell Ends Own Life. And sure enough, we're talking mm-hmm. about uh, 1929, 1930, right in the mm-hmm. Depression era. Now, you know, we suffered uh, recessions and and such as that. Now, uh... to put in context, though, how how extensive the suicides and sacrifices were following that 1929 uh, yeah. crash. And uh, here's one of a family from Rutherford County. Uh, a family name that uh, we still find on the map. Uh, he was a president of Liberty Bank, but uh, had uh, migrated out of this area, although he was initially uh, a bank officer in Nashville. Uh, but uh, he had his own bank called Liberty Bank, and it failed. And uh, he was found uh, in his office, hung himself, Mm. using his shoestrings. And I thought, that takes some real commitment. Yeah, that's rare for something like that to happen. And he wasn't hanging from, uh, uh, hanging's the wrong word, he died of strangulation. Yeah. But he wasn't hanging from the rafter or anything like that. He was at his desk using his shoestrings, committed suicide. Uh, Was it attached to anything, the string itself? Well, the description in the paper makes it sound like he'd simply tied it around his own throat uh, in order to cut off circulation. Uh, But what had he lost? He had lost uh, probably a good bit of his own capital. Mm -hmm. But what he lost was his stature as a successful banker.
1: Yeah.
3: And uh, just didn't have the fortitude to do what many, many, many did, which was start over. Let's do it again
1: mm-hmm. or go
3: on to something else.
1: Do uh, we have his age at the time?
3: Yeah. He was uh, in his 30s. No, excuse me. I got it backwards. He was 63, oh. president of Liberty Bank and Trust Company, prominently identified in the Middle Tennessee financial affairs. Uh, and uh, extensively reported because of so many people who knew him and commented uh, in uh, this area.
1: That's an unusual thing because a lot of people respected the bankers as they do now, and uh, those people, uh, they would a lot of times go to their aid when something happened of that importance. Of course, it it was a rough time for people to try to get through themselves during that period. Uh
3: his first uh bank work was in Gallatin. Uh but then he apparently had worked in Nashville and uh, First National Bank in uh Nashville, Cumberland Valley Nashville. He had quite a what did you say a resume and finally had his own bank. Yeah. And uh wasn't willing to Because you're talking about the respect bankers had, I think most did, and having, in his own opinion, having lost that because his bank failed. And, uh, you know, when a bank failed back in that time, it took down a lot of people because we didn't have the insurance guarantee, the the federal coverage of your losses and
1: such. You know, uh, a lot of us uh, um, through the years have thought of... uh, suicide it is kind of uh, like a, um, a failure in, in some ways but you know most of us have suicide in our families uh, if you can go back and and research for many many years and suicide is one of those things that happens, and not everybody does it for the same particular reasons uh, many times they would do it for their family's sake, so just thinking about what's what they're going to have to go through and those type things. And it's hard to put a finger on those particular uh, uh, type situations.
3: Well, if you uh, study the history of World War II, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the uh, Japanese uh, military, yeah, uh, apparently very much part of the Japanese culture was... What we call
1: face-saving face, yeah, for their emperor a m- m- lot of times. Yeah,
3: uh, and uh, you know, having lost a battle or lost, uh, you know, failed to carry out the mission, uh, they would commit suicide and, yeah. rather than face the uh, you know the failure. Uh, so there are cultural differences involved there as well.
1: That was one of the reasons uh, that we relied so much on the two bombs. Near the end of the war, because they were afraid that uh, we would we would lose so many, many more of our uh, troops uh, simply because they were not going to give up no matter what right. uh, and suicide was would be their last response.
3: I don't believe I want to end on suicide as our closing.
1: I'm, why did you bring that up? I'm depressed now.
3: <laughs> Well, let's see. We
1: have a good water.
3: What? Yes. Talking about banks and bankers, did uh-huh. you know the water system in Murfreesboro was a private business for in its early days? And uh, the advances that we now take for granted, filtration and treatment, mm-hmm. came about because the capitalists who uh, were running the water system in Murfreesboro uh, were building their market that way. Actually, Murfreesboro started its water system, the city, the city fathers, using the uh, Sand Spring and Murphy Spring down what now is the Discovery Center area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they sold the water department. Uh, and Well, they started in about 1880. Up until 1880, you had to have your own well. Or you hauled water for your own use. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are still a lot of well areas with wells that people aren't even aware of now. Uh, but in 1880, the city uh, hired a contractor, the Collins brothers, and they installed a four inch pipe from Sand Spring and Murphy Spring. Uh, but uh, they were stumbling in terms of operation, maintenance, and such. Mm-hmm. And they sold the entire system to a uh, Dr. Thompson, who quickly flipped mm-hmm. it to a fellow named Earthman, W.B. Earthman, very yeah. prominent name in the development during the uh, uh, industrialization of Murfreesboro. He uh, installed a filter and a six inch mainline, and then sold the entire operation. To a name you and I have talked about a number of times, Mr. Jatun. Yes. J.R. Jatun bought it. Uh, and he is the one that further developed it, extensive improvements. Uh, the first chlorination and such uh, was set up by him in 1917 and uh, excavated the spring down there, the, the sand spring, and uh, made it a better source and uh, sold it back to the city. Hmm. And as late as 1950s, uh, the city was still drawing from springs as well as uh, the the river. Uh, And uh, the system they had set up using the river, uh, actually a creek that Mm -hmm. uh, flows into the Stones River, uh, was such that in August, July, and August, they had to switch back to the spring because the uh, flow in the
1: in the creek wasn't sufficient. so if if you think back, they didn't have like a solid waste place like we do in uh, in the northern part of the county, I, I guess you might say. Um, But the interesting point of all that, or that little bit... Oh, there was a point there. Yeah,
3: Yeah. is that private capital, the free enterprise, the uh, capitalist system that frequently gets criticized today uh, is a reason, you know, we had good water back in the uh, early 1900s and coming forward. It was the profit motive that prompted Jatun and Earthman to make the improvements and then I'm sure selling it back to the city for a profit uh, was part of it
1: so uh, was it ever declared unhealthy the water at that time
3: well there was not the monitoring that we do today very aggressively uh, but I found no record I was just reviewing some of the history of the water system here and uh, of course back in the 1840s the water was what was spreading the cholera yeah, uh, drinking water was not pure at that time. You took it as you found it.
1: Yeah, I know. It um, hadn't been that long ago that we had a lot of uh, private wells in, in in this country, in this county, that uh, obviously were tainted. Yeah,
3: and uh, the caution now is, if you're using a well, uh, periodically, I guess annually, it should be tested
1: because
2: mm-hmm.
3: the water flow shifts from time to time.
1: Well, uh, out in out in the country, in the uh, w- when it gets further out, you usually don't have that much a uh, problem. But I can tell you, uh, uh, things such as gasoline and, and and all of those other things that we utilize every day, uh, they have a real negative effect on the quality of water if you have wells and. Those particular issues. And I, I remember one of our, uh, my favorite stores in Rutherford County out toward Las Casas. He had, uh, they somebody made a complaint on uh, the water that was uh, in that particular area of the store, and that they, they were saying that the the tanks the gas tanks that had been there for many many years leaking. What, what was leaking and, and causing problems into the groundwater yeah. yeah and you know they did a uh, uh, they dug all around that particular store and I don't remember anything negative ever coming up I mean it, it it can be and that's a costly affair I mean if if somebody's made a complaint against you and they're charging you with letting that particular uh, uh, leakage caused problems with their wells. They don't a lot. They don't really understand how much that costs. I mean, we're oh, way yeah. up in the figures. Yeah, and and it, it was a shame. It it, it really did uh, cause some uh, real problems with that particular uh, gentleman, and uh, I still remember it just like it was yesterday.
3: Well, ten or fifteen years ago, we had a uh, pipeline uh, leak or break down in the Buchanan area. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually came up and dug wells to recover the lost petroleum. I, don't, I forget whether it was a product or seems like it was diesel that was in the pipeline. Yeah. And, uh, of course, that shut down the use of any wells in that area and probably permanently. But uh, they actually came in and drew the... Uh, Petroleum product up out of the ground where it had mm-hmm. pooled in cavities and such in the rock.
1: Yeah. Well, we've run out of time. Do you uh, you want to say goodbye or anything like that? Goodbye. So long. Been good to know you. I
3: enjoy Truman. Always do.
1: Yes, we do. All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at night.
0: From NHC's Adams Place.